Welcome to the United Cast, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Man United. I'm your host Matthew and this is talking about our 1-0 win away at Craven Cottage, Fulham in the Premier League. Uh, it's another smash and grab for Manchester United. Um, it's another, I would say this is more of a 50-50 performance, honestly. There were but good chunks of both when we were very, very poor in the game. And large chunks where I actually thought we did some good stuff. So um, there's been a lot of there was a lot of uh, negative reception towards the team at, at full time. Um, and yeah, there there is obviously still a lot of stuff to work on and those sorts of things. But I mean, to look at this game and say okay, it was better than the previous two. Well, it couldn't have been much worse. <laughs> so um, there's there's that to go off of. But no, I was surprised by certain players i was surprised in different ways at other players um and yeah it was really just this this strange old scruffy sort of football game that um you know at times we put some good stuff together um at other points it was very very poor there was there was both some really really good surprising football that we did and some surprising moments and also surprising in the I suppose the other aspect as well but um I mean am I, am I happy with the result do I think we played well I think again I think we played well in parts but you know road to recovery I suppose after losing uh effectively 6-0 in, in in the last two games um so there's that still a lot of problems to go over though we'll I'll talk about those as we go through the game um, what else did I want to say in this little pre-talk part? Um, oh yeah, another thing I was going to bring up. Um, okay, there's some weird stuff going on in terms of, like, we get to the 70th and the 80th minute, and see, us as viewers, we might look at certain substitutions and think, oh yeah, obviously you'd do that. But that doesn't mean the manager's always going to see some stuff. But the the weird thing of like, okay, Maguire was playing well, but he got concussed twice or got got knocked about twice or whatever, uh, and he stayed on till was it till the very end? I think. Um, did he get subbed off at the end? Uh, no, stayed on the whole game. I'm not seeing his. I couldn't quite remember the substitutions, but no, he stayed on the whole game. And then where's Mason Mount? Like, he subbed on really late, and we have this strange thing that we don't give Hoyland any service, but then Hoyland gets subbed off, Martial subbed on, and all of a sudden we start crossing the ball in more. I'm just gonna... <laughs> in terms of, like, oh, where's this player? Where's that player? Why was Ryan on the bench? Where's Rashford today? Why is Mount not, not, not subbed on earlier or, or starting the game I don't know who's available in this team anymore. Um, we heard that Rashford had like a late night party or something because of his birthday. And then he's not in the squad, but he's um, w w was with the team. You, you saw him like on, on the, well, not on the subs bench, but I guess the bit that's next to that. So like what's going on there? Um, they said he, w he was ill. Then they said Varane was ill, but he was on the bench. 
And I think Amrabat might have been on the bench today, but like, where was he? And you start with this weird midfield of Ericsson and McTominay. There's a lot of strange things going on with team selection, and I don't think you can just put it down to, oh, he's specifically not playing this one player, and that's the one issue. It seems to just be multiple things across the team, and I don't know that there's a proper answer to all of it, because... Okay, let's take Varane and Mount, for example. Two players which you would pretty much say a starting 11 players I mean in terms of the midfield you'd say Bruno, Amrabat and Casemiro or Mount those are the first four players and it's like okay Varane is maybe got a knock um I mean to me if if you've got a player who's 90% available and you're playing a game and you think oh I'm just I'm gonna save him for later but I'm gonna put him on the bench I don't know, there's just a lot of, but then we've had like over 20 injuries combined this season and like who's actually fully available and like, I, I don't know, there's a lot of weird stuff going on and I don't know what the answer is to that and I don't know what the answer is to that because there's so many different examples of like, okay, why didn't you start Mason Mount? Maybe he's not fully fit, but we didn't hear about that, but what's going on with Rashford? But why did Varane not start? Why did he not make substitutions earlier? Um... All kinds of things going on. All all kinds of things going on. Um, good to see. Very, very good to see Wan-Bissaka back. He does not look um, injured at all. And that was very, very good to see. A couple of sloppy moments. But overall, a really, really good game from him. But yeah, like I said, uh, this is a very 50-50 game in terms of performance. There were some moments that were really, really, really poor. And then some stuff I was genuinely quite impressed by. Um, but I suppose after you lose... 3-0 twice, you can only try to uh, go up more, can't you? So, there's that. Uh, let's talk about the uh, goal within the first 10 minutes. Um, okay, so this goal was disallowed because Maguire was offside, even though he didn't touch the ball. He went for it, but didn't touch the ball. I would call this corruption. Um... We've seen lots and lots of decisions, obviously, particularly Liverpool have had the worst end of the stick with that. Was it the Diaz goal, I think it was, against uh, Tottenham? Obviously, that was the worst decision so far of the season. Um, but these things keep happening to us again and again. Offside goals or fouls from goals or, you know, goals being um, taken away for various different reasons. There's no way, <clears throat> no way Ganacho is offside for this goal. You just can't look at it that way. Um, yeah, McTominay is in an offside position when that ball gets crossed, but he doesn't touch the ball. Now, as far as I'm aware of the offside rule, if you don't touch the ball, then it's not an offside. Unless you're, like, interfering with play or something. Like, if you're offside and you're blocking the view of the goalkeeper or something, then maybe you can argue towards that. Um, but no, other than that, this, uh... Yeah, it's good. It's a good thing we scored later, wasn't it? Because this again, football's a game of moments. I always say that kind of stuff. Uh, this could have been one of the moments where we don't score near at the end uh, with a very ping pong sort of goal. I'll talk about that in a bit, of course. Um, but it could have been a bad moment, and it could have been a moment also where we crumbled and capitulated. And thankfully, we we didn't. But um, it it could have been a bigger deal than what it was, but it was already a big deal. And these things have got us... You've got to just... Not just for us. I'm not just saying it's a problem for us. Across the Premier League, there's multiple decisions almost every single weekend now that um, go wrongly against somebody. Some sort of foul or offside goal or something like that keeps on happening. 
and um, I noticed, I haven't watched a ton of it, I've maybe watched about two minutes of it, to be honest, I noticed Sky have started a, a ref watch segment, um, that tells you, like, okay, what what is it that you need that for, obviously to analyse decisions, but I don't know, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's very, very bad, but I'm not going to get angry at it, because we did win the game, I would have been more annoyed at it, of course, if we didn't score, if we lost the game, but um, this stuff's got to stop happening. It's got to stop happening. Uh, anyway, that was half time. Uh, then the fifty, sorry, sixty third minute. Anthony subbed on, for, uh, subbed off. Sorry for Palestri. Uh, I will talk about the players and player ratings. I will, I will do them properly today. Obviously, I didn't last time because there wasn't much to give out. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but yeah, Palestri on for Anthony. Yes, definitely somebody on for Anthony. Uh, I thought he was having a very, very, very poor game. Um, Palestri is a right winger, so cool, no problems there, nothing much to talk about. Um, then Martial on for Hoyland and Mount on for Ericsson. 79th minute, Mason Mount, number seven, 60 million, was it 60, 65 million pound signing? Um, it annoys me when managers like because Ole did it, Ragnick did it, and apparently Ten Hag is doing it as well. I don't know how common this is. Um, Across all different teams. But. And this isn't sort of a late sub like the. Um, Varane one. This isn't like that. This is more of a tactical change that. In my opinion was about 10 minutes too late. And 10 minutes is a lot of time in football. But. Um, yeah. Uh, it's it's interesting that. Again Rashford wasn't in this game. So it's a bit null and void for this conversation. I, I find that Rashford plays better when Martial's on the pitch. I've talked about that before. I would like to try to see Ten Hag try Martial with Hoyland. That might mean a change of formation or something. Or maybe you could... As good as Plestri was, maybe the other option was Martial on the right or something. Um, but I would like to see him try Martial with Hoyland. I just don't know exactly what that would quite look like. Um, but... I get it, striker for striker, Hoyland didn't score, even though he didn't really get any chances. I'm just confused by this team's attitude towards crossing the ball in more when Hoyland's not on the pitch. Like that's what that guys, that's what we brought him for. <laughs> um so we're gonna have to, to work on that. Um and then Mount on for Ericsson, definitely the substitution that I would have made, so agree with Ten Hag there, but just a bit too late. But then again, like you see it sometimes on the screen, sometimes you don't. Okay, this is 10 minutes later than what I thought it should have been. Does that is that because they started warming up 5 minutes later? Is that because you can't just throw the players on, obviously they have to warm up before they come on. Otherwise you get even more injuries and we don't want more of those. I'm not making that as an excuse, but this should have been at least 5-10 minutes before it was. Um, but it's... <sighs> McTominay is such a... Let's use the word fascinating player to me. Like Alex Ferguson said he liked him. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer very, very clearly liked him. Um, Ragnick kept playing him when he was there for a bit. And although he hasn't started as many games under Ten Hag, he has still been regularly chosen. Just not his old, you know, McFred partnership. Obviously, Fred's not um, in this team anymore. Um... So you so you start with X. I just want to talk about Mount, Mount for a minute. You start with Ericsson, Bruno. Obviously, we can expect Bruno to be starting. Ericsson, Bruno, and McTominay. 
McTominay is probably the it's probably a double pivot midfield where you've got Eriksen next to McTominay. I can see why he started Eriksen in this game, but you want to put Mason Mount in there. I wonder if he thought, okay, I can't do a double pivot of Mount and Eriksen because McTominay is more of a defensive player than Mount. Maybe. Um, for for whatever particular weird reason, and this happens in the Scotland team as well, because I believe he plays centre back for Scotland. Every almost every single time when McTominay scores a goal, which was again in this game, although it got disallowed, every single time he scores, especially when he scored what was it three goals in two games, the uh, Brentford goals and the was it a Champions League game? There was a recent one, wasn't there? And everyone's like, why are we playing in midfield? He's clearly a striker. And then uh, Ten Hag tried this sort of, I think it was Casemiro and Amrabat next to, or, sorry, Casemiro or Amrabat next to Bruno, and then McTominay higher up as like a second striker. And it didn't work as effectively because then you've also moved Bruno to his unpreferred position. So what do you do? Um, but then our midfield is kind of sort of supposed to be Casemiro, Mount, and. Bruno, that's sort of what it's supposed to be. But then you've got Amrabat as a kind of sort of backup to Casemiro. But then where does McTominay fit in with that? I don't know. There's some decisions to be made. But it's just curious that McTominay keeps scoring. Not like regularly, regularly. But he's been scoring a bit this season. But he keeps being started in midfield. But this has been happening for... This isn't a, that's not a new thing. This has been happening for years. And every single time he scores, everyone's like, you know what? He's pretty good at finishing. He's pretty good at shooting. Like, he scored some goals from outside the box. He scored some headers. He scored from some more, like, poacher-style striker goals. But then are you going to, in this game, put Mount in for McTominay and then put Mount up front? Sorry, McTominay up front. It's, there's some things to figure out there, but McTominay keeps just being wedged in as a central slash defensive midfielder, and that's not really his position. Um, but what, what what do you do with him? Like, I don't know. So, um, and then uh, we have a goal. Yes, goal to talk about, of course. Um, says Palestri assist to Bruno. I think that's what happened. There was a, there was a lot of ping pool ping pool ping pong balls going around. Um, Obviously, credit to Bruno for taking that initiative to sort of cut in on his right and bury it in the bottom corner. Very, very good shot. Very, very good goal. Um, very well taken. Of course, he could have done his typical thing of like, oh, someone's out on the left. I'll chip the ball out to them on the left-hand side and it'll go out of play. And I would have been moaning about it. So I, I totally understand that. Um, I don't think this goal happens without Pelestri. He really, really fights for that ball on the right-hand side. And massive credit to him. Uh, of course, no one really managed to properly control the ball in this scenario because you had a bit of McTominay, a bit of Palestri, a bit of Martial. It fell to Bruno. He makes a really good shot in the bottom corner. Um, but if Palestri doesn't fight for that ball on the right-hand side, this goal doesn't happen. Um, so big credit to him. Credit to all four of those players for not losing the ball fully, I suppose. Uh, and then Bruno tucks it away. It's Look, it, it's not a, a good goal to watch. It's scrappy. It's... Um, very rough, but uh, a goal's a goal, and sometimes you've got to do these these sorts of wins. It's the frustrating thing about this win is we were doing this before, which was like, oh, a last minute save Onana win against who was it Copenhagen? Um, Scott McTominay two very late dramatic goals at Old Trafford possibly saved Ten Hag's job, and then there was another one as well. I'm forgetting 
recently. There was like three back-to-back wins we had, which were like really, really scrappy. We had the Burnley one, of course, with um, uh, Bruno's goal. Very, very scrappy stuff. And then we, because I've said and many of us said before, um, you can't keep doing that, like grinding out results. Eventually, you do need to take control of certain games. And of course, Man City and Newcastle came along and we got found out. We seem to have lost the ability to scrappily win. Then got, let's just say, battered by both City and um, Newcastle. I mean, you know, three nils, three nils a bad scoreline, twice, and then we're back to this like half con- get half control of the game, and then get a scrappy win. Again, a win's a win, but we've got to start taking control of games. We de- definitely got to start taking control of games. Um, then we had Varane on for Ganacho. I guess that's to shore things up defensively, which I understand. Again, where was Varane earlier? Um, he should have probably been subbed on for McTominay, but then was Varane fully fit? I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I honestly don't know who is and who isn't fully fit in this team anymore. Um, probably no one, to be honest. Probably no one. You had bits where players were getting knocked down. You had Hoyland touching his back at one point. You had um, Maguire getting knocked out or whatever twice. You had um, just lots of things going on in terms of fitness and injuries. So uh, there needs to be some sort of... I I read... uh, I can't remember who it was. I read a tweet this week... um, of someone saying, like, this should be a genuine inquest into, like, our fitness and training department. Like, what, what, the, like, this isn't happening to anybody else. <laughs> um, th- this amount of injuries, like, it's, it's, it's just ridiculous. It's just crazy. So, anyway, uh, there's that. Um, I do have my man of the match. It may or may not surprise you, but, uh, I'll tell you who that is in just a moment. Let's take a break. We'll come back and do play ratings. I'll see you in a moment. Today's sponsor is Manscaped. You can get 20% off with your order with Manscaped by using the promo code that we've got with them, which is ETALKUK. That's E-T-A-L-K-U-K to get 20% off your order and free shipping with Manscaped. They sell various different men's grooming products from shavers, razors, ear and nose head trimmers, different clothes and deodorants. You don't even need to Google Manscaped themselves. You can click on the link in your show notes, whether you're on a podcast player or the website uh, version of the episode and you can go and click on that link in the show notes that's also got the promo code written in the show notes as well so you can either copy and paste the promo code etalkuk etalkuk you can either copy and paste that into your show notes or type it in in the promo code box and click apply that will get you 20 percent off your order with manscaped and free shipping first hand quality professional with manscaped from their packaging to the items themselves even the way the items are stored in the packaging is very very first class very professional so no questions about manscapes quality thanks very much to manscape for sponsoring entertainment talks podcast and thank you very much for listening hi there if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name we've got good news for you with our affiliate link with kualu you can click on that link which is in your show notes which is for our affiliate link you can go over to kualu to get started with your website and domain name today they've also got a very handy chat support system which is usually in the bottom right hand corner to send messages back and forth to kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today so that's kualu and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today thank you very much to kualu for this affiliate link Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. 
the $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talk's previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned. And it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show. Or a film review of your choice. So if you if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month, and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support entertainment talk, get your ad-free podcasts, and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. All right, uh, on to player ratings. My man of the match with a... Did he do anything wrong? Did he do anything wrong? I cannot think of anything he did wrong. Um, Wasn't sure the next time I'd say this particular line. Uh, I'm going to give him a 10. I don't remember anything he did wrong. Maybe some moments. I mean, it was a 90-odd minute game. There's a lot of stuff that happened. I'm going to give a 10 to Maguire. He's my man of the match for today. I thought he was rock solid in defence. Heck, played with an injury twice. I I don't really know how to describe that. Um, Probably should have been subbed off. He wasn't. He soldiered through the game. Um, Looked really dazed at one point. Kept clearing the ball. Defensively was very good. Um, Didn't really... I don't really remember any sort of terrible kind of... Always won the ball back. Always giving it away really badly. There was probably one or two moments. But then that happened kind of across his team. Um, So there was that. But um, I thought he was really good today, McTominay. Sorry, Maguire. Uh, I thought he was really, really good in defence. Would I still keep him? No. Um, I, I, I wouldn't. I mean, if he does this, if if he puts in performances like that for the rest of the season, and that's a long, long, long way to go, um, maybe there's just, you know, if a player does have a road to redemption, then uh, you don't usually sell them. But we've sold, I, I could name a half a dozen players that we've sold that are better than him. I could I I could name a lot of players that we've sold that that, that are better than him, uh, but for de- for today's match, um, if we're not talking about big picture right now, I thought he was brilliant, um, and yeah, my man of the match for today. Um, it it almost feels like with a player like Maguire or McTominay or the players the fan base doesn't like is it is it, sort of. Oh yeah, he's played well, but he's still really bad, sort of thing. Like, no, if he plays well, you got to give credit where credit's due. Um, so that's what I'm doing today. Uh, Onana, um, I'm going to give him a ten as well. Didn't let in any goals. Made some really, really big saves. As far as I can remember, his distribution was very, very good. Um, apart from some of the long passes, but that can happen. Um, not able to play out from the back, which is his strength, because we've got Evans and Maguire, and we, I mean, you can't do that with them. Um, that's the thing as well with Maguire, just to go back to him for a second. He may have had a really, really good game defensively, but Ten Hag wants to play high line, pass out from the back type football, and Maguire can't do that still. Again, still credit for today's game, but in the long term, if we're going to try and do that, um, he can't do that. 
So there's there's that as well. But Anana, I'm going to give a ten as well. Juan Basaka, I'm going to give a ten. Uh, there are, there are there are some players I'm going to give lower scores to who I thought were particularly bad, particularly the midfield today. Um, very very good to see Juan Basaka back. Not quite that one hundred percent. You know those first two games of the seasons, first two games of the season, where I was like, wow, this this is just knockout. You know, 10 out of 10 stuff. I'm still going to give him a 10. A couple of moments where he gave the ball away a bit frustratingly, but um, it's very, very good to have him back. And there was one moment he lost the ball really sloppily, went and worked and got it back. And look, as, as annoying as it is when a player gives a ball away, if you immediately realise you've done so and you run and you try and get the ball back, I mean, that's what playing for the badge is, really. Um, then that's very, very good. So very, very good to have one Basaka back. So he can stay fit, just like everybody else in this team. <laughs> uh, Johnny Evans, um, from what I remember, Johnny Evans was very good. Not too much that he did too terribly. I'll give him an 8. Delo, um good as well. Um, maybe I was a bit too harsh on him last time, saying that I, I felt he needed to go. Of course, that was my thoughts at the time. I'm allowed to change my opinion. I am unsure how I feel about him as a player. He had a good game today. I'll give him I'll give him a 7. I thought it was good. Ericsson, um, yeah, there's two particular, sorry, three particular players that I felt really kind of let down a lot of stuff that was going on. Ericsson was one of them. Uh, uh, I mean, he'd put a good cross in for Ganacho to pass to McTominay for the goal. I'm going to give him a three. I thought he was quite poor with with a lot of his passing. Uh, McTominay, surprisingly good game in midfield. Gave the ball away a couple of times, but our midfield did do that in general. Um, scored a good goal, which I, I still want to give him credit for because I thought the goal should have counted and he was right place, right time. Uh, I'll give him an eight. I thought it was quite good. Anthony gets a zero. By far the worst player on our pitch today. Um, or on Fulham's pitch, rather. <sighs> Uh, look, I, I can't use the Deleuze excuse with him. He had Wambasaka behind him, who's very good defensive partnership. Um, he seems scared to take people on, and I don't know why. And it's really annoying. Um, he's he's become a bit too predictable in terms of get to the byline, wants to cut in on his left foot, can't do it, turn around, pass back, and. Okay, sometimes it's good to keep the ball and re recycle possession and stuff, but at some point in the 90 minutes, you've got to cross the ball in, man, or you've got to make an exchange of passes, or use one Basaka and communicate with him, or do do something. Um, it was really, really poor today. There was a couple of times even when one Basaka did some good work down the right-hand side, and he passed Anthony, and he just kept turning back around and passing it back, and I just thought that was really, really poor. Um, Bruno Fernandes uh, did score the winning goal, so you've got to give him some credit for that. Still some shoddy passing today. Um, There's a few times where he kept it a little bit tidier, but overall I don't think he had the greatest of games. I think an average six is good for that. Ganacho, um decided to wake up in the second half. Had he was try I appreciate when a player tries. Um... I think it was overall pretty decent in, in this game. Just sometimes that final third product wasn't quite completely there. And uh, got to work on trying to get that ball into Hoyland a bit more. Um, I'll give him a 7. Hoyland, I have to give him a 6. Um, didn't do anything wrong particularly. But again, just no service for him. Um, I think this team's still used to not having a striker. Really. Like with... Um, when Rashford used to play there, but uh, I thought he did all, all right with some of the stuff he was he was given. So I give him a six. 
Um, let's go to the bench. We had Amrabat, Bayendia, Kobi Mayano. Would have been good to see him, but unfortunately not. Martial Subdon did do pretty well. Uh, Hannah Balls on the bench, didn't see him. Mason Mount, not much going on. Uh, a bit late, obviously, with that sub. Uh, Palestri was very good. Obviously worked very hard with that... Um, what you call it, the goal, to, to keep the ball and everything. Regulon, we didn't see him. I'm going I'm to guess Regulon's not fully fit then, because otherwise, why would you play Delo at left-back? Um, and Varane, who we saw very late as well, which, again, we don't know what's going on with him. So, there's that. Um, yes, uh, missing players list. Uh, apparently, Casemiro is going to be out for, like, a month or two. So, basically, the end of the year. Says there's a hamstring injury. Diallo knee injury has been going on a while. Uh, Lindelof illness. Everybody keeps getting ill in this team. Just to sort it out. Uh, Martinez foot injury. We know that's going to be a long time for Martinez. Uh, Rashford says a leg injury here. I don't. I, I. I. I don't know anymore. Sancho. Know the situation there. Um, and Shaw with a muscle injury still as well. Do you want to talk about Sancho for a second? So. Anthony, who is in bad form, is still Ten Hag's player. Obviously, Palestri was subbed on. I I saw someone say that it was the 3rd of September. I don't know if this date is accurate, but it was the 3rd of September when all this started with Sancho. The whole, oh, he needs to apologise, thingamajiggy, and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So if your boss feels... Because as much as every single person at this club is employed by the Glazers, because they own the club... Unfortunately. Um, Ten Hag is still the boss of these players. Ten Hag has people above him who he answers to. But these players, their boss... Obviously the boss above them is is Glazers. But their boss is Ten Hag. And it's been noted down numerous times. That all Sancho needs to do is say sorry. And he'll be put back into this first team. Is, is it really just as simple as that? Because this has been going on a while and I've heard some crazy stories about like, oh, he's not allowed near the first team. And oh, I, I don't know what you can believe these days in terms of those exact, somewhat exaggerated stories. So we're going to let him just sit out for a, another two months. I know we just started November, but November and December. And then, see, there's this, there's this, this assumption with Sancho that like, Oh, he'll be gone in January. Uh, we struggle badly to get rid of players. We're terrible. We're, we're probably one of the worst teams in the world in terms of getting rid of players. Unless it's a case of running down their contracts. We're very, very, very bad at getting rid of players. Um, it doesn't matter who it is. Like Even someone like Dean Henderson, for example, who was out of the squad for a while... It took us about two... From the moment of like, oh, it's pretty obvious Henderson isn't getting into this team. It took us another two years to get rid of him. I think two years anyway. Like, I don't understand this sort of like, oh, yeah, it'd be easy. We just get rid of Sancho in January. Um, And I get there's been, there's been some easier moves. Like, Alanga moved fairly slif- swiftly to um, Nottingham Forest. There's some deals that can go through. But whether it's a player we try to sell for... I mean, heck, in the summer we were trying to let Eric Bailly go for free. And it took us, like, two months. <laughs> like, I just... You know... And the thing is, for May night, like, we paid, what was it, 70 million for Sancho? It's expensive. Um, We can't get rid of our expensive players either. I mean, Harry Maguire is a prime example. 80 million. 
as good as he was in this game, um, he's not worth 80 million anymore, so we're going to be get, get, getting a loss on him. And we made West Ham pay up to 40 million. It was only because Maguire didn't sign a contract, he didn't end up going. Um, and even that process, like how long have we been trying to get rid of Maguire? Two, three years, maybe? Maybe about two years or so? Uh, like there, there was some players at the end of Ollie's era when it was like, okay, Henderson's got to go, Maguire's got to go, McTominay's got to go. Hend- okay, Henderson's gone. That took two years and a good amount of bargaining and some loans to sort of push him out of the way. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we will easily get rid of Sancho. But and of course I don't want to. I really like Sancho as a player, but of course I see the situation. And then suppose January comes and goes and we don't get rid of him. Like then he's stuck here till the summer. Unless what we keep him around for? I think his contract runs out twenty twenty. I think it's twenty twenty five. What we just keep him for another eighteen months and do nothing with him? Um, and I understand from Ten Hag's perspective if they because we don't know what the conversations they've had, right? If they've had like a big fallout and he's like, "No, nah, I'm not picking him." Like maybe he doesn't like Sancho because of various different reasons, or he doesn't rate him, or he prefers Anthony, or whatever. You can't just expect like him to. Oh yeah, no, no, no problem. I'll just put him back in. Like this, it's a, it's a big problem. Um, we've all assumed like, oh yeah, we'll easily get rid of this player in the summer. They've got to go. Two, three years. I mean, heck, look at Phil Jones. <laughs> it took us. We had to run down his contract for about four years, maybe. I mean, 2019, I think when Ollie took charge, we renewed his or Edward would renewed his contract. And how many games did he play in those two in those four years? Sorry, four, five. <laughs> we couldn't get rid of him. I know that was a different situation with the injuries, but <sighs> yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Anyway, um, we'll see what happens with Sancho because again, assumption of like, oh yeah, he'll stick around for another two months, which is still two more months, and he'll be off in January. We don't know that. Um, that means somebody has to pay up and buy him. Um, so, we'll we'll see what happens there. Anyway, uh, good win today. Um, I, I'd say a fifty-fifty performance overall. Um, but we need a bit more, of course, and we'll see how things go. Just in terms of the Champions League, by the way, which was next up. Am I expecting to win the Champions League? No, not really. Not when you've got beasts like Real Madrid out there and people like Jude Bellingham just banging them in every week and you've got teams like Barcelona and you've got Bayern Munich and you've got, you know, teams that unfortunately are better than us. I at least want to get out of the group stage of the Champions League. Can we at least try to do that? We were a penalty kick literally away from getting knocked out. Can we at least try and get through the group stage? Um, Something like quarterfinals would be nice, but... I don't know, we'll have to see. Uh, so we've got Copenhagen Wednesday. And then I think next is that Saturday, yeah. Uh Luton at home. Could could be uh yeah, whatever. Uh Everton away. Everton are always really annoying to play against, aren't they? Really, really annoying. Then Galatasaray away, Newcastle away, Chelsea at home, Bournemouth at home, and then I think the last Champions League game, uh by Munich at home. Of course there is no more Carabao Cup. Because we're not in it anymore. And the FA Cup doesn't usually start until January. Alright, so that's it for this week's, I suppose, episode. This time's episode. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Of course, if you have any, have any thoughts, feelings, questions, comments. Do you think it will be easier than I'm thinking to get rid of Sancho? If so, do tell me why or how. Uh, who is your man of the match? What do you think of today's game? Um, better. Still not 
good enough, but couldn't have probably been worse. But anyway, uh, MatthewAdentertainmentTalk.org, Twitter E, Talk UK, and uh, there's information in your show notes. In the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on EntertainmentTalk.org, TV, games, songs, May Night Podcast. I was possibly going to see Five Nights at Freddy's tomorrow. Put that down as a maybe. Um, I, I'm not quite feeling like 100% today. I could always leave that until another time, though. Um, I will try and see the Marvels next week, though. Um, I've got some other podcasts planned. I've already named what some of them are. Uh, Invasion Review, another TV season review. Um, Five Nights at Freddy's, the Marvels. There's maybe a couple of other bits and pieces, but... Um, I want to do them when I actually feel good enough to do them and not just rush them and stuff because some some of those aren't sort of emergency podcasts or whatever. So anyway, uh, there's that. Uh, you can listen to more episodes. You can tell other people about them, word of mouth, social media, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Patreon, $5, $10 level tiers, ad-free podcasts have your options. Look at that as well if you'd like to. Uh, TV and film news, I believe Geek Town Radio will be back next week. Uh, look for that out on Tuesdays um, and then Geek Town, look at EK through the week for your news. Uh, Bex over on Twitch and other platforms, Trista BYTES for all of her different streams and other stuff as well. But go and support what she's doing. Uh, me over on Twitch at Talk UK and YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you at least by Wednesday. Um, is it Wednesday for Copenhagen? Yeah, I think so. Uh, for that, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>